lady will travel to Argentina for the G20 summit. President Trump's participation in the G20 summit is a key opportunity to reiterate his commitment to domestic and global economic growth and prosperity, cement relations with other world leaders, and advance a global economic system that is based on fair economic competition and free, fair, and reciprocal trade. While at the G20, the President and the delegation will interact, interact with many leaders, including bilateral meetings with the President of Argentina, the President of Russia, Prime Minister of Japan, and the Chancellor of Germany, and a working dinner with the President of China. To speak more about the G20 and what the President intends to accomplish, I'd like to welcome to the podium Director of National Economic Council, Larry Kudlow, and following him, National Security Advisor, Ambassador John Bolton. After the remarks, both will be available to take your questions on the G20 and other foreign policy news of the day, and then I'll be back up to take other questions on news of the day. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, everybody. Let me just walk through some quick themes, and then I want to uh, mention some things the President talked talk to us just a little while ago. Um, as Sarah said, G20, funny, it's not actually the G20 when we count it up properly, as Ambassador Bolton points out. It's much more than the G20. Now, in terms of the U.S. positions, uh, we're going to use this as an opportunity to talk about uh, our measures of tax cuts and deregulations and reskilling and job training and so forth that have generated significant economic growth and prosperity. Uh, that includes women's economic empowerment. As Sarah mentioned, free, fair, and reciprocal trade and trade reform. Uh, there'll be discussions of infrastructure, finance, and also uh, the U.S. emergence as the dominant energy power uh, in the world today, actually. In terms of the um, much-discussed uh, meeting, it's going to be a dinner meeting. Uh, between President Trump and President Xi and uh, representatives from both sides. It'll be bilateral. Uh, I want to just mention what President told us um, a short while ago, and that is, in his view, there's a good possibility that a deal can be made, and that he is open to that. He is open to that. But having said that, some caveats, as always, Certain conditions have to be met with respect to uh, fairness and reciprocity, as we've said many times. For example, issues of intellectual property theft must be solved. Forced technology transfers must be solved. Significant tariffs and non-tariff barriers must be solved. Uh, issues of ownership uh, have to be solved. The President will probably reiterate his view. We want a world, ideally, of um, zero tariffs, zero non-tariff barriers, and zero subsidies. Now, whether they can get through all that remains to be seen, but that's the President's point of view, as I said just a little while ago. U.S. is coming to the summit in very good shape. Our economy is quite strong. It's growing at 3 percent over the past year. Uh, second quarter was 4.2, third quarter was 3.5, perhaps be revised upwards. We have a very strong holiday season, uh, so-called uh, Black Friday, very strong. Uh, we've had tremendous uh, investments, business investments, energy investments. 
Oil prices and gasoline prices coming down. That helps consumers, of course. We're in very good shape. China, not so good. I'm not here to critique uh, or second-guess the Chinese economy, but most observers uh, believe China to be in a slump, whereas the United States is in a very strong, solid position going into this uh, summit. However, again, to repeat, the President said there is a good possibility uh, that we can make a deal, and he is open to it. But on the other hand, if these conditions I mentioned a few moments ago are not met, not dealt with, you know, the President has said, um, look, he's perfectly happy to stand on his tariff policies, which um, 10 percent last $200 billion, scheduled to go to 25 percent. That's not a certainty, but that's the schedule. And he has said uh, as recently as yesterday, the day before, if need be, if things don't work out in this, uh, this uh, U.S.-China summit meeting, he will uh, invoke uh, another 267 some odd billion dollars in tariffs. That may not be the first choice. I'm just saying that is his view. If we can't get something done, and things have been moving very slowly between the two countries until the President himself called President Xi and said, let's restart. Let's try to get things going again. And then since then, he's made uh, positive comments about that. So we will, we will see. As I said, the key U.S. goals surround growth and prosperity. And um, you know, our economy is in good shape. Theirs is not. I'll just leave it right there. Uh, John, do you want to add stuff to that? Do you want me to take some questions? You sure? Okay, good. Let me take some questions and try to uh, help out on this. Yes? Mr. Cuddle, I'd like you to address uh, some concerns recently from uh, representatives of Italy and France and Germany who say that we're actually backing away from the national stage and they fear that Russia will be the dominant economic force in Europe and the Middle East in the coming years. Could you address those concerns, A, and B, can you tell us a little bit if you can, about um, the layoffs at, uh, at GM. Well, I'll talk to you about GM layoffs. Regarding the Russian story, I'm going to leave that to my longtime friend and colleague, John uh, Bolton. Um, I met with Mary Barry yesterday, and we had a, a lengthy conversation about the layoffs, the cause of the layoffs. It's a great disappointment, obviously. The President indicated his own disappointment. Um, he believes as, uh, frankly, the Prime Minister of Canada, Trudeau, believes that the USMCA deal was a great help to the automobile industry and to auto workers. And, uh, by the way, they made those statements separately. And yet, GM comes in right after the deal. By the way, that deal will be signed in Argentina uh, with the U.S. Uh, and Canadian representatives. So there's great disappointment there. Um, there's disappointment that it seems like GM would rather build its electric cars in China rather than in the United States. Um, we are going to be looking at certain subsidies regarding electric cars and others, whether they should apply or not. I can't say anything final about that, but we're looking into it. Again, that reflects the President's own disappointment regarding these actions. Uh, Ms. Barrett told me, on the other hand, I'm going to be completely fair here. It's, her business, um, it may be possible to transfer workers to other plants in Texas and Michigan. Uh, I, I, I'm not an expert on General Motors. I'm not an analyst, uh, auto analyst, but that's what she said. But 
obviously there's a lot of disappointment, even anger. Uh, I've heard it, again, from Mr. Trudeau, from President Trump, from Democrats and Republicans. Just a follow, do you think it's going to adversely affect our economy coming into the Christmas season and after? No. Um, I mean, look, I don't want anybody to get laid off. I'm, I, I want workers to do very well. I want worker wages to do well, and they are. I mean, that's one of the great things. You know, there's a certain amount of pessimism that I, I'm reading about. Um, maybe it has to do with a really a mild stock market correction. Let's not forget a couple weeks ago, just on this very point, we had 250,000 new jobs, which was a blockbuster number. Nobody really expected it. With a 3.1% yearly gain in wages and a 3.7% unemployment rate, those are very spiffy numbers by any benchmark in any metric. So again, holiday season layoffs from GM, brutal, brutal, all right? Uh, very disappointing. Will it affect the overall economy? I don't think so. I do not think so. Yes? Yeah, back to the question of the tariffs. If these talks with President Xi go nowhere, and we move forward with this escalation of the tariffs that you just described, which, correct me if I'm wrong, would be the biggest uh, addition of tariffs that we've seen in your lifetime, what, what will the impact be on the U.S. economy? I mean, you, you as That's a and I'm asking. That's a long period of time you mentioned. My life. You've been a committed free trader for almost all of those years. Yes. So what what will be the impact on the U.S. economy if we see tariffs go up to the degree that you just described? You know, we'll see what happens. Okay. I, I don't want to presuppose anything. The president's going to make up his mind after the meeting. But I I will say this. Our economy is in very good shape right now. And when you multiply through whatever numbers you want to use, $250 billion or tack on another uh, tranche, which may or may not happen, uh, at a 10 percent tariff rate or more, it's really just a fraction of our economy. Okay? It's just a fraction of our economy. I'm not suggesting that um, there aren't winners and losers in that game. It's a complicated game. But on the other hand, I think we are in far better shape uh, to weather this than the Chinese are. And I want to say one th thing. I, I appreciate your characterization. I am a free trader. But you have to ask yourself, this is what President Trump has been talking about, is it free trade when there's clear evidence of unfair and WTO illegal trading practices by China for several decades. Is that fair? Is that free? Is it free when um, intellectual property theft occurs or when Chinese ownership of American companies force trans, uh, transference of technology from American companies to the Chinese companies? Is that fair? Or high tariffs on agriculture and industrial supplies? Is that fair? So President Trump is the first president in, I don't know, at least 20 years, and I'm including Democrats and Republicans, who not only has made this case but continues to make this case forcefully and to take actions to defend American workers and our overall economy. Other presidents in both parties have raised the issue and then walked away from it. And President Trump obviously doesn't intend to. You know, this is under the heading, I think, for him of uh, promises made, promises kept. It's something he's talked about for several years. 
and he now continues, if China will come to the table, or in this case the dinner table, uh, with some new ideas and some new attitudes and some new cooperation, as the President said, there's a good possibility they can make a deal. He's open to it. So nothing is written in, in cement or stone. But again, for a free trader, where's the free trade? And for several months now, since I've been here, President and I have talked about this. Uh, you know, we'd love to see a world of zero tariffs and zero non-tariff barriers and zero subsidies. We'd love to see that world. But unfortunately, we don't have that world, particularly with respect to China, but not only China. And so he's taking actions that he thinks will get us closer to that world. Let me go around. Uh, yes, please. Just another GM question. When the President said yesterday they better damn well open a new plant there very quickly, was he just venting his frustration, or does he have some consequences in mind if they don't? Um, you know, I'm going to leave that to him. Um, there, you may find additional announcements coming on that topic. Uh, some more. Let me go in the back. Yes, ma'am. I wanted to ask you about what um, Ambassador Shui Tiankai said recently to the Who? Wall Street Journal. Ambassador Shui Tiankai, the Chinese ambassador yes. uh, to the United States, um, his thought was that there would be a real risk to global uh, to the global markets if there wasn't a deal that they could become fragmented as well. How big are the stakes uh, if you can't reach a deal? Look. The ambassador makes a point. Now, if he would do his part or his government would do their part, then we can all make a much better point. That's, that's what President Trump is saying. I mean, I'll read you the quote again. There's a good possibility we can make a deal, and he's open to it. But certain conditions, you know, have to be met. Certain things have to be changed. And the president, again, in the spirit of promises made, promises kept, is going to defend you know, the interests of American workers and ranchers and small businesses and the economy writ large. We, we, let me just add one other point to this. The rest of the world agrees with us. I mean, we signed at the UN, for example, a trilateral agreement with the EU, the United States, and Japan. Uh, worth looking at that document which outlines you know, what they call non-market abuses. Read China. Um, just recently, before the Shanghai conference, where President Xi was to give a, an important speech, I'm not sure there was much new there, but in any case, just before that conference, with no prodding from the USA, the ambassadors, the French and German ambassadors to China, French and German ambassadors to China wrote a very tough piece going after, again, non-market, unfair, non-reciprocal trading practices. There is broad-based support for the American position here, which is China should change its practices and come into the community of responsible trading nations. They can do that. Right? They're a major economy right now. It's not like they were 25 or 30 years ago. We would welcome it. The president has said he's happy to make a deal, but they have to take certain actions and give certain um, assurances. So, you know. Is that when you'll spend the G20 getting that support around your position from other countries at the G20? Well, I'm sure we will. 
I'm sure we will. We have in many other forms. Just a couple more. I want, I want Ambassador. I want Ambassador. Yes, please. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, he was talking to me. Uh, uh, tariffs are, in effect, a tax on imported products that are paid for by the consumer. So does the president realize that these escalated tax, uh, tariffs are going to be paid for by the American citizens? Well, look, he realizes the ramifications. As I said earlier, um, given the strength of our economy, given the size of our economy, uh, we are in position to deal with this and handle this very well. That's the key point. And um, I'm not so sure about China, but I'll leave that to China experts and so forth and so on. The benefits, let me just look at the other side of the ledger, it's very important. The benefits of true free trade globally will be enormous. Now, if we go back to the idea of zero tariffs and zero non-tariff barriers and zero subsidies, if China plays by the rules, even the WTO rules, and all that needs reforming in our judgment, but they are violating those rules. If we do have a free trading system, or we move in the direction of a free trading system, a true free trading system, we will benefit enormously. Frankly, we will benefit, they will benefit, and the rest of the world will benefit. Now, free trade throws off enormous benefits when it's done properly in consistency and, and, and in a reciprocal manner. That's a key point President emphasized. He's absolutely right. So, you know, I think of it as a possibly a long rainbow here. At the end of that rainbow is a pot of gold. You open up that pot and you have prosperity for the rest of the world. But you've got to get through that long rainbow. We're not there yet. We can get there. The president is reaching out. But we'll see uh, how that works. Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. Thank you, sir. Uh, earlier, you mentioned oil, low oil and gas prices as evidence that the president's economic policy is working. Uh, you mentioned the U.S. becoming the global uh, dominant yes. energy player. Uh, but merely days ago, the president said that it was necessary to let uh, Saudi Arabia and its crown prince get away with ordering the murder of a Washington Post journalist because Saudi Arabia ensures low gas prices. Now, which one is it, sir? Uh, I'm going to let Ambassador uh, Bolton handle that question. Uh, I, I'm trying so hard to swim in my own lane, and uh, I think John will help out with uh, that whole discussion. Is, is it, he, he's is sitting it there much too calmly and quietly, so I want to get him up here. We've known each other a very long time. You're on, John. Well, I'm delighted to be here. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really have much to add. Uh, Sarah uh, gave you the list of bilaterals. Let me just update it a little bit because we're uh, trying to fill every minute of the president's uh, schedule. Uh, she said he's going to meet with uh, President Macri, the host government of Argentina. He'll meet with President Moon of South Korea. He'll meet with President Erdogan of Turkey. Uh, Prime Minister Abe of Japan. That will uh, transform at some point during that meeting into a trilateral meeting with the Prime Minister of India, Narendra Modi. Uh, and then, uh, as Sarah said, the President will meet with uh, President Putin and uh, have a working dinner with President Xi. So, so, uh, there were two questions that were. Sir, 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 sir
thank you, sir. Um, does the president have any plans in the works to meet with the Saudi Crown Prince while he's there? Uh, no, look, the, the bilateral schedule is full to overflowing at this point, and um, uh, so that, those are the ones I've listed that he'll be meeting with. Yes, ma'am. Hello. Mr. Yes. I have a question about uh, the border tensions right now with the U.S. and Mexico. Um, the U.S. Uh, you know, launched um, tear gas canisters into Mexican soil, and I'm wondering if you've gotten, uh, if, if Mexico was given the go-ahead before that happened, and what is the U.S. doing to mitigate any tensions right now with the incoming um, Lopez Obrador administration? Yeah. I don't think that's really a subject of the G20, but uh, I can say that um, uh, Secretary of State Pompeo, who will be attending uh, the G20 and therefore will not be accompanying Vice President Pence to the inauguration on Saturday the 1st, uh, uh, Secretary Pompeo will fly overnight from Argentina to Mexico uh, and will meet with the new foreign minister of Mexico uh, on Sunday the 2nd. Uh, and they'll have a full conversation about uh, all the issues in connection uh, with the border. Yeah. What, do you, what do you expect to be on the agenda for the president's meeting with Putin? Well, I think all of the issues that we have uh, 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 on security issues, on arms control issues, on regional issues, including the Middle East, uh, I think it'll be a full agenda. I think it'll be a continuation of their uh, discussion in Helsinki. Thank you so much, Ambassador. Two questions about Brazil, since you are heading there on Thursday to meet with the new uh, incoming president from Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro. One on trade that I know is one of the priorities. For the past few years, Brazil had a trade surplus with Brazil. United States just, had a trade surplus. Before. Just last year, 27 billion alone. And besides of that, President Trump complained about the Brazilian protectionism, say Brazil is one of the toughest uh, on trade access. What should we expect uh, uh, related to trade uh, relationship with Brazil, with the new Brazilian government? Should we expect more cooperation or more tariffs like those on steel and uh, aluminum? And another one on Venezuela that I know is another uh, priority of the meeting. What kind of cooperation are you expecting with the new Brazilian uh, government? Uh, are you guys going to discuss sanctions? Yeah. Well, the meeting with uh, President-elect Bolsonaro came as a result of uh, President Trump's call on election night uh, in Brazil uh, to congratulate uh, President-elect Bolsonaro. They had a, uh, a really outstanding phone call, I think, developed uh, a, a personal relationship even remotely. Uh, President Trump was the first foreign leader to call President-elect Bolsonaro. So following up on this, we thought uh, it would be useful and certainly very helpful to the United States to hear from the President-elect what his priorities are, uh, what, uh, what he's looking for in the relationship. Uh, from the perspective of the United States, we see this as a historic opportunity uh, for Brazil and the United States. Uh, to, uh, to work together in a whole host of areas, economics, security, uh, and a range of others. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to hearing what the President-elect's priorities are, try and respond to him, try and tell him a little bit about uh, what President Trump's views are, and uh, hopefully when uh, President-elect Bolsonaro is inaugurated on January the 1st, that the two leaders can really get off to a running start. So I'm just really there to prepare the ground for, for them. Yes.
Professor Bolton, uh, you tweeted earlier today about a case involving an American family that's being held in China. Uh, is the president? Have you talked to the president about this case? What is he? If so, what has he told you? And will he bring this up directly at his meeting with Xi Jinping and expect the family to be allowed to leave as, before any trade deal? Uh, yeah, is done? Well, the, I, I've discussed uh, the question of American hostages and people wrongfully held with him on a whole range of subjects. I don't want to get into what his reaction was because I don't think those conversations should be public. Uh, but this is a matter of real concern to us. And uh, I think uh, given that the range of issues that President Xi and President Trump will be covering, it's entirely possible that that would come up. Yeah. Thank you. Back to that meeting with President Putin and President Trump. Will President Trump condemn Russia's aggression in Ukraine? Does the U.S. consider it an act of war? And has he spoken with either Putin or Poroshenko about what happened? Look, uh, Ambassador Haley and the uh, very estimable position of U.N. Ambassador spoke for the United States uh, yesterday at the Security Council, and we're going to stand on that statement. Well, the President, you mentioned the bilap with the Turkish leader. They've been very critical of the U.S. position back in Saudi Arabia with respect to the foreign Are you concerned that that will uh, affect the relations with the U.S. ally? And I wanted to follow up that audio intelligence of uh, the killing of Jamal Khashoggi, have you heard that tape? And does it conclusively point the Crown Prince as ordering the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. And one final one. Um, the briefing I suppose you remember all these? <laughs> I'll, I'll prompt you. Here. Thank you. Um, and, and finally, is it true the White House is blocking Gina Haspel from speaking to senators about that audio intelligence yeah. on Wednesday? So let me take the question of the tape first. No, I haven't listened to it. And uh, I, I guess I should ask you, why do you think I should? What do you think I'll learn from it? Security advisor, you might have access to that sort of intelligence. Yeah. Uh, how many in this room speak Arabic? You yeah. have access to an interpreter? <laughs> well, you want me to listen to it? What am I going to learn from, I mean, if they were speaking Korean, I wouldn't learn any more from it either. The interpreter would be able to tell you what's well, then, going on. Well, then I can read a transcript, too. So you don't think it's important to hear that as a national security advisor? I'm just trying to make the point that everybody who says, why don't you listen to the tape, unless you speak Arabic, what are you going to get from it? Really. The, the, president, the president has spoken to our position on this issue. He's spoken very clearly, and that is our position. Now, tell me the other questions. Mr. Bolton, members of Congress. Mr. Bolton, members of Congress. Mr. Bolton, could the man in the back. Okay, so the Argentinian authority captured two Hezbollah suspects uh, last week, and uh, Brazil probably is going to follow the American footsteps and uh, blacklist uh, Hezbollah also on terrorist list. And also, Hezbollah is, is replying for the uh, sanctions, the last sanctions, by blocking the formation of the new government. It's a quotation from Saad al Hariri. So, how do you put all this together? Uh, is it going to be discussed in the G20 summit, Iran and Hezbollah influencing the region? Well, I expect in the bilateral meetings, depending on the, the country, that there will be substantial conversation about counterterrorism efforts where we participate together. Uh, that's certainly something that uh, uh, may well come up in Brazil with President-elect Bolsonaro. And I think it's uh, one of President Trump's uh, biggest priorities to extend uh, cooperation against uh, terrorism, whether it's Hezbollah or Hamas or, or others. So it, entirely likely it could be a subject. Ambassador, yes, Ambassador, Ambassador um, going back to the Khashoggi issue, being informed about an issue um, is, is part of, I guess, what is in the scope of national security. 
we try to do. Right, okay. But in the midst of it, why not, I'm, I'm going to go back to that question again, sir. Why not get a translator to understand, to hear what happened? You could find out a little bit more than what they've told you about people, this people. People who speak Arabic have listened to the tape, and they have given us the substance of what's in it. And you trust the, the, those who have given you... I don't speak substance. Arabic. I know, but a translator, you could hear the emotion, and a translator could help you understand what happened at that time to relate to the President of the United States and to convey to the world what happened. I'm very satisfied that we know what the tape picked up, and it was factored into the President's decision, and he's announced his, his position very clearly. Is economic security, is national security, I think this should be in your lane. Uh, I was going to defer to Larry, but it's... Uh, <laughs> Let me see if I can keep it in your lane if I could. Uh, the talks with China have been marked with intransigence and disappointment. Larry was talking about that at, at length this morning. The, this idea of, of some sense of optimism going into this Saturday night dinner with Xi, is, is it based on any notion that Xi is going to suddenly say, you know, this idea of intellectual property theft and forced technology transfer, uh, protectionist tariffs? I don't know what we were thinking. It was a bad idea. Let's level the playing field and start it. Well, I think President Trump uh, has developed a very positive relationship with President Xi. They've met, they've spoken over the phone. Uh, obviously, both leaders carry into any discussion like this their national interest. Uh, and I think it's, uh, it's instructive. And I think the Chinese side believes the same thing, to have the two leaders exchange their views in the presence of their senior advisors. Uh, and uh, not with the expectation that at this meeting, there'll be uh, some substantial agreement coming out of it, but that there would be uh, an indication, a kind of way ahead that the advisors could then pursue. And I see Sarah is so eager to be here to answer your questions. I was going to give him one more, but... Mr. Kudlow deferred a question to him. Could he answer the question that was deferred to him, please? Mr. Bolton. He is I think he's already gone. <laughs> As you know, the new president of Mexico will be inaugurated on Saturday to represent the United States in Mexico City. President Trump has asked the vice president, Mike Pence, to lead a delegation that will include the second lady of the United States, Karen Pence, Secretary of Energy, Rick Perry, Secretary of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, advisor to the president, Ivanka Trump, United States Embassy, Mexico City diplomat, John Kramer, and assistant. Secretary of State Kimberly Breyer. Lastly, this morning we learned the sad news that three U.S. service members were killed and three wounded when an explosive device detonated in Afghanistan. The wounded service members were evacuated and are receiving medical care. We extend our thoughts and prayers to the loved ones of those killed and to those recovering. The United States is grateful for their service and forever in debt of their sacrifice. With that, I'll take your questions. Justin. Uh, Sarah, The Guardian's reporting today that uh, Paul Manafort met with Julian Assange around the time that he was coming on board to the Trump campaign. I'm wondering if you know if that meeting took place and if you remain confident in the White House's repeated denials that no campaign officials were involved uh, in discussions about the plans to release uh, John Podesta's emails. Certainly uh, remain confident in uh, the White House's assertion that the president was involved in no wrongdoing, was not part of any collusion. Uh, the things that have to do with Mr. Manafort, I'd refer you to his attorneys to address that. Sarah, Sarah given what the president said this morning that Robert Mueller is ruining people's lives, is he considering a pardon for Paul Manafort or for others who were prosecuted, have been prosecuted? 
Uh, I'm not aware of any conversations uh, for anyone's pardon uh, involving this process. And, 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 if I, and if I can follow up, he also said this morning <coughs> Mueller is doing tremendous damage to the criminal justice system. If that's true, is he considering picking up the phone, calling his acting attorney general, and saying fire Robert Mueller? Uh, look, I think that the president has had uh, Robert Mueller doing his job for the last two years, and um, he could have taken action at any point, and he hasn't. So, so we'll, let that, we'll let that speak to itself. He has no intent to do anything. See? Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Um, Obviously, we saw some powerful images uh, of children as well as uh, adults who were uh, affected by tear gas fire by uh, U.S. officers along the U.S.-Mexico border. Does, we heard the president talk about that at length yesterday, but one thing we did not hear from him was any expression really of regret that there were children cut up in this. I was, I was wondering, does the White House regret the, uh, uh, the fact that, that children were affected by tear gas and uh, that this situation took place? And are these are an investigation underway to prevent this from happening again? Certainly, um, the White House would never want children to be in harm's way in any capacity whatsoever. Um, However, that is why we are continuing to encourage people to follow the law and go to ports of entry. Uh, law enforcement officials have used appropriate non-lethal force to protect themselves and prevent an illegal rush across the border. And let's also not forget that this isn't the first time uh, that non-lethal force like this has been used. In fact, tear gas was used on average once a month during the Obama administration for very similar circumstances. Um, in fact, they were actually for far less circumstances because they didn't have uh, the same numbers in the mass rush that we're seeing in this caravan take place. Um, certainly no one wants women uh, or children or any individuals to have this happen, which is why we've encouraged them to actually follow the law and go to ports of entry. Yeah. Is the White House ruling out any interaction between the President and the Saudi Crown Prince and the equivalent of diplomat and outbound? I wouldn't say that we've ruled out um, any interaction. I know that the President's schedule um, is pretty packed and has a number of uh, sessions that he'll be involved in with the G20 as well as a number of bylaws. I don't think there's any time for us to add anything additional, whether or not there's some interaction. Um, I'm not going to rule that out, and we'll keep you guys posted as that happens yeah. tomorrow. Thanks, Sarah. Yesterday in Mississippi at his rally, uh, the president said he asked a question about Mike Espy. He said, how does he fit in with Mississippi? I mean, how does he fit in? I guess suggesting that he doesn't fit in. I mean, Mike Espy's great-grandparents were slaves in Mississippi. What did the president mean by that? Uh, due to the fact that that is an election that is taking place today, uh, I'm not going to comment on anything that could affect anything taking place in Mississippi, and certainly happy to comment on that after today. John is talking about it. The president's not guided by the Hatch Act. John, go ahead. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Does the administration have a position on the government of Ecuador continuing to provide asylum to Julian Assange at its embassy in London? Uh, I'm not aware of anything official. I'd have to get back to you. Just one more on that, if I may, Sarah. Um, Will you, from the podium, call on uh, the Ecuador, uh, Ecuadorian government uh, to confirm whether or not some sort of meeting may have taken place uh, between Paul Manafort and Julian Assange at its embassy? Uh, certainly, um, we encourage the process to continue to play out, but I'm not going to get engaged in uh, specifics of that case. We just President Trump has implied that a potential new deal uh, with Mexico is a done deal, tweeting that migrants will stay in Mexico as they wait for their cases of asylum to be processed. How far along 
um, our talks with the new Mexican administration about the so-called remain in Mexico policy? Uh, those conversations continue. Um, we won't have a final decision until the new government actually takes over, which will happen on Saturday. And on Monday, we expect the, foreign, the new foreign minister from Mexico to meet and sit down with White House administration officials uh, and uh, the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen and continue and try to finalize those conversations. Sarah, Sarah. second question on Khashoggi. Because tomorrow, uh, Secretaries Pompeo and Mattis will brief the full Senate on the, the murder. Why is a leader of a U.S. intelligence agency not joining them, specifically Gina Haspel, who many senators expect to hear from? Uh, Ambassador Bolton addressed this. I'm not going to comment on, on behalf of the CIA director in that capacity. That's something I would direct you to them. Sarah. Sarah, I want to ask you about the climate assessment that your administration released last week. The president yesterday when asked about the economic forecast. He essentially said he didn't believe it. The takeaway for many people is that the president doesn't feel necessarily a responsibility to lead either in this country or in the world on climate change and, and preventing uh, the calamity that your administration forecasts. Do you agree with that that view? And if not, why not? Well, the president certainly leaning, uh, leading on what matters most in this process, and that's on having clean air, clean water. In fact, the United States continues to be a, a leader on that front. Even Obama's undersecretary for science didn't believe the radical conclusions of the report that was released. And you have to look at the fact that this report is based on the most extreme modeled scenario, which contradicts long-established trends. Modeling the climate is an extremely complicated science that is never exact. Uh, the biggest thing that we can do is focus on how to make sure we have the cleanest air, the cleanest water, and the president is certainly doing that and certainly leading on that front. Right, how, how is he doing that? I mean, the president's about to go to Buenos Aires and meet with all the leaders of the world's industrialized nations and developing nations as well. Isn't this a great opportunity for him to sit at the table and say, folks, this is what my administration just reported. This is the time that we all have to act in concert to prevent what my administration is forecasting. Once again, um, we think that this is the most extreme version, um, and it's not based on facts. It's based on, it's not data-driven. We'd like to see something that is more data-driven. It's based on modeling, which is extremely hard to do when you're talking about the climate. Again, our focus is on making sure uh, we have the safest, cleanest air and water, and the president's going to do exactly that. Sarah, Sarah. 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 Sarah um, I want to go back to GM. Uh, President Trump, uh, early on in uh, January 2017, met with those big three automakers, and he said he wanted to make the U.S. a more attractive place for companies to manufacture products by lowering taxes and business regulations. What does this move, this action by GM say? Certainly, it's disappointing to see uh, that GM decided to lay off these workers. Um, the president's been extremely committed to bringing manufacturing jobs back to the United States, which is why, uh, since he took office, we've seen 400,000 new manufacturing jobs created in the United States. It's because of his policies that we've seen that grow. This uh, is not about the president. It's about the fact that they're making a car, frankly, that people don't want to buy. And um, hopefully, they will make adjustments and make changes and bring those workers back. Uh, Sarah, getting back to uh, Paul Manafort uh, and the special counsel's office saying that he's violating the terms of this plea agreement by lying to investigators, would the president recommend that Mr. Manafort 
begin to cooperate, offer full cooperation to the special counsel's office? Uh, we can only speak to what our role is in that process. And not only has the president, but the entire administration has been fully cooperative with the special counsel's office, providing uh, hours and hours of sit-downs, as well as over 4 million pages and documents. Uh, we continue to be cooperative, but we also know that there was no collusion, and we're ready for this to wrap up. And if I could Go ask ahead. a follow-up. Um, the president doesn't believe uh, the warnings in the climate report. Uh, the president doesn't believe the CIA when it comes to Jamal Khashoggi. The president doesn't believe the intelligence community accurate. when it comes to Russia meddling. Why doesn't he have faith in his advisors? No, that's not true. The president has a great deal of uh, faith in the intelligence community and certainly in the team that he has assembled around him. However, uh, I've addressed the climate report. There's really nothing else to add on that front. Khashoggi, you said that that was not true, that he doesn't believe the CIA. He said uh, the other day, maybe MBS did, maybe he didn't, the Crown Prince. And we haven't uh, seen definitive uh, evidence come from our intelligence community that ties him directly to that. What we have seen is a number of individuals that we know are tied to that, and those individuals have been sanctioned. The people that we have no doubt about their involvement, we've taken action on. Um, and as he said, we'll see what happens beyond that, and if there's more definitive information, we'll make a decision at that point. Roberta. Sarah, the Remain in Mexico meeting that you talked about on Monday, is that happening here or in Mexico? And is the United States offering Mexico any financial assistance to help um, accommodate the migrants the, uh, seeking asylum who would be staying in Mexico as a result? Um, sorry, on that second question, do you mind repeating that? I was The first the, part on whether or not the meeting is here or in Mexico, um, I'll get back to you on that. I'm not sure on the exact location. Okay. Is, um, is the United States offering Mexico any financial assistance, or does the United States plan to, to accommodate the migrants who would be staying in Mexico. Um, I, I'm not result. aware of any financial assistance, but certainly we'll keep you posted if, if I get that. Just, to clean up, just to clean up on the bilats, you mentioned in your list a bilat with the Chancellor of Germany, but the ambassador did not. Has that bilat been canceled? No, it hasn't. I think he was just given additional updates on the ones that I didn't mention. John. Yeah. So the president tweeted it at length yesterday about the Mueller report, asking if it's going to show both sides. What, what, what are his concerns? about any forthcoming Mueller report, and is that report is supposed to be delivered to no one else but the Attorney General. Is he concerned that it is going to become public without his knowledge? I don't think the President has any concerns about the report because he knows that there was no wrongdoing uh, by him and that there was no collusion. So I don't think he has concern uh, on that front. If he has no concerns, why is he tweeting so uh, vociferously about it? Uh, certainly the president uh, has voiced his unhappiness from the beginning that uh, this has gone on, this ridiculous witch hunt, for more than two years. Still nothing that ties anything to the president. We'd like to see it come to a conclusion. Peter. Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah. Does the president believe that the work of the special prosecutor, uh, Bob Mueller, is illegitimate? I'm sorry? Does the president believe that the prosecutions, the indictments of Bob Mueller, are illegitimate? Uh, I think the president believes that uh, what I've said several times today and several times over the last couple of years, that uh, there was no wrongdoing on his part, there was no collusion by his campaign, and beyond that, um, that's really all we can speak about here at the White House. Last question, Howard. Thank you. Two questions for you. The president, as you're speaking, um, is tweeting that he is going to be considering cutting all GM subsidies, including for electric cars. Can you explain why he, 
he says that he thinks that would help American workers. Can you explain why that wouldn't end up backfiring, as we've already seen, and who the president has consulted and what the timeline is for this decision? Uh, I, I don't know that there's a specific timeline. As he said, he's looking into uh, what those options might look like. The president wants to see American companies build cars here in America, not build them overseas, and he is hopeful that GM will continue to do that here. Second, the second question. question for you is on Afghanistan. Um, the president on Thanksgiving Day told U.S. troops that we are winning the war in Afghanistan, which contradicted what the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said, that it was a stalemate. Does the president today still believe, after what we saw over the weekend, that we are winning in Afghanistan, and why? Uh, certainly, anytime you have a loss of life, particularly by um, an American service member, it is a horrific tragedy and something that no president wants to see, certainly not uh, during their administration. And the president wants to make sure that the battle that we're fighting takes place there and not here. And he's going to continue consulting with his national security team and make decisions on how best to move forward beyond that. So Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day. Did you all violate the Posse Comitatus Act? Hi there and welcome to the briefing room here at ABC News Live. I'm ABC News political director Rick Klein. What we just saw is a pretty rare occurrence these days at the White House, a press briefing by Sarah Sanders, the first since Democrats won control of the House, the first since Jeff Sessions was fired, the first for that matter since a CNN reporter had his credentials revoked by the White House. So a whole lot of ground to cover out of that. And we're joined by Jordan Phelps uh, over at the White House. Uh, Jordan, I want to get to the G20 meeting that was previewed at this in just a moment, but let's start with the news about Paul Manafort. Uh, overnight, uh, the, the war from special counsel Robert Mueller's office that uh, they believe that, uh, that Paul Manafort is not cooperating, not living up to his end of the cooperation agreement. They say they're prepared to, to offer more evidence. There are also reports out there unconfirmed by ABC News about a, a meeting that supposedly occurred between, uh, between Paul Manafort and Julia Assange, Julian Assange of WikiLeaks. Uh, the White House not commenting on that, but Sarah Sanders, uh, to, to my mind, is, is trying to quell some of the firestorm that the president is kicking up right now by saying that he has no intent of pardoning Paul Manafort and also no intention of, of firing Robert Mueller. What was your take, Jordan? Yeah, Rick, that was in an exchange with our Jonathan Carl, who pressed her on whether the president might just pick up the phone and ask his acting attorney general to fire Robert Mueller. Uh, she's saying uh, that she it, that the evidence here is that the president has let this go on unabated for this long, and uh, there's no reason to believe he'll do any differently now. But, Rick, in fact, there is a reason to believe he might do differently now, because there's now a new sheriff in charge at the uh, Department of Justice. Uh, so it's still a lot of questions there, not a lot of direct answers from Sarah, not her ruling things out explicitly on Manafort. She said that she doesn't know about any one pardon. Uh, so also, Rick, not ruling that out directly. And we know that the president has also, uh, when questioned about whether he would pardon Manafort, has said he doesn't want to talk about that. Uh, so, Rick, certainly uh, these latest developments raising a lot of questions about uh, whether Manafort might now be uh, kind of indirectly raising his hand. And uh, to uh, appeal for a pardon from the president, uh, we will stay tuned, Rick.
And the president's tweets may be speaking larger, louder right now than the White House press secretary. And, uh, another issue that, uh, that, the, that Sarah Sanders, the White House press secretary, addressed a, a few moments ago, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the confrontations going on at the U.S.-Mexico border, tear gas canisters being fired into crowds. We've seen the pictures of, uh, of children and unarmed civilians uh, fleeing the tear gas. We heard from Sarah Sanders that these are, these are non-lethal uh, and, and uh, tear gas canisters, and they're also not out of, out, uh, out of the usual for... Uh, uh, border Patrol agents to fire this when they feel like there's some sense of a threat. Uh, the, the the White House word that they don't want anyone harmed here. It does seem like the president is continuing to use this, though, as a political weapon as they make a case for a border wall. Certainly, Rick. Uh, Sarah is saying that the administration certainly doesn't want to see any children injured, uh, but defending the use of non-lethal force there on the border. But Rick, uh, again here, we should look at the president's own comments last night to our Karen Travers. Uh, he said that there were grabbers uh, that were taking these children and, and using them, and that a lot of these children didn't uh, belong to the people who are there at the border. Rick, those reporters who have been traveling with this caravan have reported no evidence uh, that these children are with people other than their parents. Uh, so certainly we expect the president to continue to use these images uh, to serve his own purpose. That to say we need a wall uh, to fight for that. Uh, and Rick, as you well know, we could be heading to a partial government shutdown on December 7th. And these images uh, certainly do play to the president's case uh, that a wall uh, might be a good idea. And Jordan Phelps, before we get to that even, the president will be headed to Argentina later in the week for the G20 summit. A series of one-on-one -on -one meetings have been announced with uh, President Putin, uh, Xi, Abe, Merkel, a whole range of key world leaders. We heard a little bit about what might be in the agenda in discussions with Putin. We're told a continuation of the Helsinki talk, which might be an interesting news given how that one turned out. Uh, we heard from John Bolton, the national security advisor, as well as Larry Kudlow, the chief economic advisor. And, and Jordan, it seemed to me like there was quite quite a warning issued to the Chinese in particular about the consequences of a trade war. This on the heels of the GM announcement about plant closings just yesterday. Uh, yes, Rick, they were saying that they are hopeful, the president is hopeful that a deal can be reached uh, from this meeting with President Xi. They're going to have a working dinner, uh, but also warning that if the Chinese aren't able to reach an agreement with the United States that the president stands ready to move to an increased phase of tariffs. Uh, so an escalation of this trade war, Rick, could be happening shortly after this summit if things do not go well between uh, President Trump and President Xi. He'll also be meeting with uh, President Putin as well as President Erdogan of Turkey. Uh, they said that there is no planned interaction for the president with the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, but they didn't rule out that there could be some interaction. All right, Jordan Phelps reporting for us from the White House. Thank you so much for that. That does it for now. You can check out the ABC News app. Watch us all day long here at ABC News Live. I'm ABC News political director Rick Klein. We'll be back later.